Have I ever told you about my favorite indie music artist? I don't think so. No. Okay. So she's a little obscure, but I think she's going places. So her name's Taylor. You should look her up on Spotify. I'm not familiar with her work. Yeah. I don't know. She seems to fill up stadiums back uh, 14 months ago when that used to be a thing. I am still kind of bummed that the um, the tour for the Lover album is never going to happen. That was, a good, that was a good album. But anyway, but um, yeah, they, you know what she was supposed to do? She was supposed to open the um, fancy new stadium down in LA, SoFi Stadium, I think it's called, where the Rams and Chargers play now. She was supposed to be like the big, big opening gig there last summer. Does San Diego no longer have a football team? No. That's an embarrassment of riches, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Um, You've she- never seen her in concert, have you? No, because I wouldn't like it. We've we've talked about live music before where I I don't want that. Like, I know you would, there's never an opportunity where, like, I wish there was like an extreme lottery that you could do where like you could see like a, a big name artist, but it was like in a, like, um, like a hundred person club or something mm. where it was just like, just like a absolute like crazy lottery and you couldn't, couldn't buy your way in. But like, I just feel like I wouldn't enjoy the stadium experience that a Taylor Swift concert would offer. Like, um, cause I've seen like, cause I enjoy her, uh, concert movies where they did one for the 1989 tour, which we've covered in the past was oddly an Apple music exclusive. Um, and there was the reputation tour one that was a Netflix one. And then there was the one for, uh, the folklore album which is on Disney Plus. So she's making her way around every streaming service. It's kind of neat. I don't know. Maybe one day she'll have one on Paramount Plus. We, who who <laughs> even knows if if Les Moonves has that kind of pull. Anyway, what was it going on? Well, if, if, if concerts ever become a thing again, I, I would highly recommend seeing her. We, we saw her for that 1989 tour at Levi Stadium. Yeah, and it was, it was great. But it, it, I assume it's very loud. Not the music, yeah. but everybody else. And that's the part that would make me, as an introverted person, very unhappy. <laughs> because I don't mind the money. Like, I mean, like, because the part of me that's resistant to it is that I assume tickets are probably like $120 for the crappiest seats. Basically, yeah. And then for decent ones, um, well, but you, they're not actually, you probably wouldn't call them seats because it's Taylor Swift, so you'd be on your feet the entire time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. But uh, I just don't think I'd have fun. Like, I don't want to hear a bunch of... 14 year old girls uh singing her music out of key like i want i want that's why that's why i have it in my car like i i I love singing out of key to her music um and yeah the 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 only the only thing when we went to go see her was we had to leave the san francisco area at about two o'clock for an eight o'clock concert well that's that's called the 101 special (laughs) uh because that is the one part about pandemic traffic returning to pre-covid times is that uh you forget that uh going from marin to san jose um is a four-hour expedition to go 52 (laughs) miles yeah yeah that is you know as much as i miss wwdc and our trips down there the one the one part that i don't miss is i remember leaving work at like 310 and being like oh shit i'm not sure three hours is enough to get to travel 50 miles exactly yeah anyway so sorry back back to taylor so um have you listened to new old taylor i have not but no, do you I'm know what ashamed. i mean by that yeah 
I do. Yeah. Um, can you give me uh, the 20 second summary or do I need to take that part? So she re-recorded one of her early albums and there's, there's some backstory as to why that happened. And that's the part maybe you can fill in. Okay. So, yeah, so I think the album came out on last Friday, but uh, yeah, so her second studio album is called Fearless, which I think was debuted in 2010, 2008. Wow. Um. And the deal is her first five or six studio albums were with a Nashville-based record label called Big Machine Records. And uh, two-ish years ago, uh, there's a dude named Scott Braun who goes by Scooter. So you automatically know he's kind of a bad, bad person. Um, he, along with private equity firms, including the Carlisle Group, so again, you know this just gets shit here, um, bought Big Machine Records and in the process, all of the master recordings and therefore the licensing rights to her first like six or seven studio albums. So with that, there's been a whole back and forth about who's being honest in the situation, but basically Taylor's, again, we're on a first name basis, Taylor's opinion is that, uh, or her public statement is that she tried to make a good faith effort repeatedly to purchase her own master recordings back from the record label and that they were trying to force her into a uh, an additional record contract when I think she had moved on to Universal. And again, like she's Taylor Swift, she can dictate her own terms and she can do whatever she wants but basically there were no fair terms available for her to buy her recordings and uh this this schmuck named scooter who was previously kanye west's manager um and you understand the taylor swift kanye west situation uh would not sell them to her and has been just kind of kind of a shithead the whole time so bringing it to today taylor has basically committed to re-recording her first six studio albums um, and she has been marketing them as, uh, cause I don't know if you've checked this out on Apple music or Spotify, the new album is called, uh, fearless, uh, in parentheses, Taylor's version, which is really smart. So, and odd, and the, the weird part is that you'd kind of think of like, how does it sound from, uh, being recorded like 11 or 12 years later, but I think overall it, it, it works. The album has been really well reviewed and it's great. So you can drop a link into, um, a Spotify link to the album um, it's got all the re-recordings and a couple of um, From the Vault tracks. Uh, so overall, it works out well, but somehow I'm going to make the story loop around to Ben Thompson. So <laughs> in the most unlikely, when I, when I saw this hit tech meme on Monday, I was like, how, how, does, how does Ben Thompson have a Taylor Swift angle? But it really works. So um i let me i'll put a link in slack because i don't think this formally made the uh the agenda so sorry did all that make sense to the so, person i guess so my only question is that so she owns the i guess lyrics i think she's able to either like fair i think like it might be a copyright thing but i think you can fairly license the lyrics whether or not the person who owns it wants you to but i think all that her former record label and now indirectly the carlisle group uh own her uh master recordings so she can't make money off of those but she can she can re-record the songs and that's what she's doing here somehow yes 
Okay, got it. So the interesting part about this is so Taylor Taylor Swift is kind of a badass in a lot of ways. Do you remember? Um, hold on, let me just Google this because uh, there was a thing where yes so if you google um actually i'll put a link in this because luckily it's not paywalled uh paywalled on the wall street journal so back in uh 2014 oh actually it is paywalled gosh dang it uh taylor uh taylor swift was do you remember when she was mad about uh apple music launching and they had this thing where there was like a 90 or six month six 90 day or a six month free trial and during which they Apple had structured it where they were not going to pay any royalties to the artists. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, so Taylor's a badass because she either, I forget if she like who this was addressed to, because again, I don't, I don't pay for the wall street journal. Um, I don't know if like she, cause she name checks. It basically tells either Eddie Q or Tim, Tim cook to basically fuck off in this because like they were, she is, she's saying it's not harming her, but that she was, that they were harming recording artists by basically making sure that they don't get paid for three or six months. And she made like within a week, she made Eddie Q fold and had to start paying people for their music. So it was like over, overall, she, she's been a really savvy business person and like, she's, she's good at getting paid, which is like for a uh, top tier artist um, who is made like, who's of which I know the lyrics of like every song that's been recorded in the past 12 years is pretty, is pretty cool. But uh, to, to bring it back to Ben Thompson, so this is the part that's interesting because I had never made this connection before. So with this whole re-recording scheme, she's committed to doing it for six whole albums. But I had never let me let me find um, the the passage. So okay, so yeah, I'm gonna reread. Oh, I'm gonna read what Ben wrote. So. Quote, it's easy to see how this plays out going forward. Swift probably doesn't even have to remake another album. She has demonstrated the willingness and capability to remake her old albums, and her fans will do the rest. It will behoove Shamrock Capital, the current owners of Swift's Masters, to buy out Bronze share of future upside to make and make a deal with Swift, because Swift granted the power to go direct to fans and make her case, can in fact change history and reframe the story uh, to fit the narrative that she wants. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, what else notable uh, about Swift's tastic, uh, tactics is that they are the opposite of what she urged in 2014 op-ed. Instead of treasuring Fearless, Swift has devalued it. Instead of asking what her masters are worth, Swift is simply taking them. So I never thought about this by re-recording her own music. She's basically finding a backdoor way to make those old recordings worthless if she can basically tell her fans, "Fuck that! Listen to the new stuff." Yeah. And that is uh, like, I, I thought I was like, Hey, like, yeah, you own your music and you can leverage your fans and to listen to only the new stuff. And like, that's great. But I had never thought about the fact that she probably, if she's successful, this doesn't have to do all the work. She just has to make the thing that somebody else bought not worth as much, which is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that like that, so everybody like, again, never would have thought that there would be a thing where somehow Ben Thompson, one of my favorite writers and podcasters and Taylor Swift would loop around. But every word of this, um, strategy article is, is great. And somehow it touches on NFTs and again, NFTs are dumb, but anyway, so good episode of the daily though. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't love the the lady that fills in for Mike sometimes. But anyway. Yes, is Michael Barbaro, is he just, just doing the intro and the outro now? <laughs> I don't know, because I, like, I want him to get vacation and stuff, but, like, I don't know. Because, anyway, I don't, like, there are people who are more successful at filling in for people. Like, like on Marketplace, there's, um, uh, her name's Amy Scott. Whenever she's guest hosting, I'm like, this is great, because she's really, really good. But on the daily, when there's some people filling in, I'm like, eh, sometimes it's less successful. And then, and then somehow, they will have in the middle of the show, wait, okay, so we're moving on. One... Sorry, this is a scattered episode, like they all are. But we're having no pre-show BS. We're just jumping right into stuff. But I don't remember, did we talk about the daily when there was no, this is what else you need to know today thing? Just, that was an, just an a offline, online thing. conversation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so on recent episodes of the daily, and this has been happening more and more where there's kind of just a thing where somebody else is basically doing, like he does the intro and then somebody else does like basically the entire episode. But then in the middle of it before the ad break it's still just like this stock recording of barbaro saying we'll be right back <laughs> right uh-huh. i think that was pretty i think i got the cadence right i think so and then yeah. and then you hear uh an ad for a branded accenture podcast four times in the same episode or you have my experience today where uh michael you know, for first name basis with him as well he he was doing the full episode and there were a couple of commercial breaks he cut to, and there were no commercials in mine. Oh, you, so. wait, you, do you have, it's, are you like one of those people that had like ad free Twitter for a while? Wait, no, how do I get, how do I no, get this? I, I have some four ad break episodes of the daily every once in a while. Oh, no, so I get I'm, four I'm all not... the time. I'm, I, I'm on the time of the shit list. <laughs> oh, man. No, this was the first time I, for whatever reason, didn't have any ads. Um, in, in quite a while so i sometimes get that with 538 and i don't know if it's a dynamic a dynamic ad insertion thing because sometimes uh, uh galen will be like uh but first and, that's, and then it goes right back yeah and, I've, I've i've had that happen with some like, regularity recently yeah i can't tell like like was this unsold ad inventory or something break because yeah. it's like it's 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 a weird it's a weird um pause point but yeah but that's the thing where like you'll you'll get basically uh barbaro introducing yeah well we are not on a first name basis you guys can't be but me and taylor we're we're we're, we're tight but <laughs> she doesn't know it but it's okay but yeah i know her songs uh but yeah you'll have mike uh michael oh, sorry barbaro doing the uh the intro the we'll be right back and then at the very end sometimes but what what day of the week was it last week there was one day where like the the, the episode just ended and i was like wait what and then, and I I put it in Slack, and then I and then I was lucky. I was happy to see that it wasn't just me. But I was like, my whole day feels off. Like some some days I don't listen to the daily until like one o'clock. Like if if I know that I'm intentionally skipping it because it's about some like foreign affairs thing that I I don't have the attention span to to deal with right now. Uh, like if I, if I know there's an episode and I listen to it like but I don't like my day feels off. But this one was like, yeah, I don't know what else I need to know today, and that was very. That's pretty jarring, and I think you had a similar reaction. Yeah i I feel weird if I don't start my day with the daily, or even worse. And I think this is what the abrupt ending to that episode sort of triggered: is that if I get partway through an episode and for some reason get interrupted and I'm not able to finish it, I've got this you know lingering. An unfinished business that just sticks with me the rest of the day until I until I finish the episode. Mm-hmm. 
it's a crit- critical part of the morning routine. Yeah, mornings are for the daily, afternoons are for marketplace and or uh the Wall Street Journal's the journal podcast. Um okay. And uh, yeah, an odd week we don't have any follow-up. Nope. Uh let me see, do we have anything else? Nope. Scooter Brown's a schmuck. All right, all done. Um Okay. Yeah, well, I will I we're gonna make this a brief episode. We'll we'll play through this. I will let you drive or encourage you to. Um, well, the, the whole iOS home app thing's been in the notes for a couple oh. of weeks. You put it there. Is there anything no, it just worth sucks. addressing? Like, <laughs> like I hate it. So I, I think we covered this briefly last week. Like I bought another, uh, Hue accessory and I don't know, like the home app one, it's just the absolute worst. Like it's, it's ugly. I don't know what a room is. I don't know what a zone is. I don't know what's what it says. Certain devices in my house are unreachable. Um, it's ugly. I don't. I don't like it. I don't think HomeKit is successful. I. I just. Do you like? I know because I know you have set up some automations and/or routines. Do you like using the Home app? No, 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 no. Like, I. It's, it's hard. It's confusing. I, I think. I think HomeKit. So I think HomeKit is mediocre, but it's in a category where everything else is just actively bad. Like HomeKit is kind of the only decent standard that somewhat successfully unifies a bunch of different smart home platforms but the the interface to home kit the home app is is just terrible like whenever i need to do something in the home app it's all about getting in and out as quickly as possible it's you know it's it's like going inside of a store during the pandemic for the last year you you got your list you grab grab what you need and you get out that's the home app is kind of like that where it's it's just it's hard to navigate it's super unintuitive it's just not very well designed it's a very um it's very android it's a very android app yeah so two yeah. two things with that uh one uh so you get in and out with the home app do you get animal self rise with it haha okay but also this is <laughs> again it's gonna be such a fast episode um do you this, is, this has been a, a show opener that i've been i've been holding on to for a slow week pre-pandemic were you somebody who you, you generally have a grocery list right yes when you have a grocery list do you try to shop for as much as you can based off memory and then you look at what else you have left or do you strictly follow your grocery list <sighs> the, the former I, yeah I kind of that's grab, the only way to yeah. do it yeah yeah and normally you got 90 percent of it yeah yeah okay good well and even like so like with costco i even have it where you know you make you make the loop right so it's it's a counterclockwise just sort of lap around the store and i sort of not only know what i need but i kind of know like all right this is the thing i get first this is what i get next or like at least you know like sort of like the group of stuff that's like coming up so that way i only have to go around the store once and you know, maybe if I forgot a thing or two, it's it's just a quick trip over somewhere else. Gotcha. And and also Costco has just no rhyme or reason. It's other than the meats in the back. There's no well. That's it's, it's, that's it's, kind it's of chaos. The, that's the wild card is that they do move things around. I mean, they generally stay in roughly the same area, so you know my my method continues to work. But yeah, every once in a while, something will get totally moved to a different section of the store, and yeah, not great. 
Uh, let me see if this is in the show notes. Okay, the kind bars are. Okay, well, we'll we're going to kick that down the road, but that because that could kind of fit into Target here, but I, I, I feel those deserve their own segment. Um, and I just sent you a link to, I just, I just randomly opened the home app, and I don't know, so I have two things with a red no response on it. One thing with, oh, sorry, I have four things with exclamation marks on them. I don't know, I didn't ever choose to call something default room, and I don't know what's going on in this app. I hate it. <laughs> Every part of this is something I don't know why it is that way. And can you even change the batteries in a hue dimmer switch? Or does have to throw I... them away? No, I think you can. Yeah. Oh, is this like a watch battery situation? Probably. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like it. Um, you know, actually, um, speaking of replacing batteries in hue accessories, mm-hmm. I recently got a notification that one of the my motion sensors which i have in one of the bathrooms had a low battery and i've had it for you know i don't know three four years Mm -hmm. and i was like oh god is this is like i mean a i thought like is this is am i just gonna have to get a new sensor like is this not even like user replaceable and then i was thinking well if it's user replaceable it's gonna be some of those weird watch batteries two two triple a batteries i was very i was pleasantly surprised hmm Because most most stuff like that, you you got it's it's like you know, what are those batteries? It's like LR two zero CR yeah, yeah. I think the twenty thirty two is the kind of the, the canonical the it's, most it's, common. Yeah, yeah. That's like the like security system uh, sensors and stuff. Like I'll use those. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the Jeff peanut butter, right? Um, oh, Amazon Amazon Basics, gross. They probably swiped it from Peak Design. Um, okay, so yeah, iOS Home F sucks. All right, so Best Buy's. All right, yeah, let's let's. Uh, this is gonna be a quick hit episode. I think I don't think we have a whole lot to say about most of this except the Apple event. So Best Buy is testing a an Amazon Prime like service, kind of uh, allegedly. So CNBC is reporting that at a couple of stores in uh, mid, uh, almost said Middle America, the Midwest. Uh, they are trying a service called Best Buy Beta, call, uh, which costs $200 a year, and it includes perks like free shipping, unlimited tech support from uh, the black tie clip-ons, and exclusive membership pricing, which that's that's sufficiently vague. <laughs> um, I don't know what that means. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, man, I, mean I, think, I think this sounds like a neat idea. Well, I mean, so I, I guess sort of like the context I was, I wanted to take with this is, like, I feel for Best Buy, well, in the sense that like, I just I don't know what they do to stay relevant. Well, like so this this seems like a cool idea, it, but it is. So I, I guess so I I feel for Best Buy, but I don't like because I think they're doing well. Like they Best Buy has had a reinvention since like 2017 till now, where they had a relatively like consumer friendly um price matching policy they revamped their stores to take out the entire media section of like deep plot uh, like obsolete plastic discs that nobody wants they like i feel like best buy was aren't they doing well but aren't, aren't i thought they're like closing a bunch of stores well, yeah, but, but i mean a business, a business has a right to reevaluate unprofitable locations like i feel like they what was this thing so 
Uh, sales online net stores opened at least 14 months, grew 10% in the prior fiscal year. However, growth of sales declined sharply from 23% in the third quarter to 12.6% in the fourth quarter. Well, no shit. Uh, same store sales will range from a drop of 2% to a gain of 1% this year. Like, I think Best Buy is doing just fine. Like, I mean, they've done well where they've pivoted to well, a, a quick pivot slash uh, side tangent. When I bought that new um, cable modem, I bought it from Best Buy, not Amazon. And the reason I did is I, I it was the exact same price, but Best Buy had a thing where it was showing. Um, do, do you know what? Like, do you ever have a thing where you sometimes will buy from Amazon just because you aren't sure how quickly somebody else is going to ship something to you? And just Best yeah. Buy is, mm-hmm. or sorry, not Best Buy. Amazon is just kind of like, you know, when they say it's going to get there, whenever, like 92% chance it's going to get there. Right. So Best Buy, let me, MB8600. They had a thing where, yeah, um, it wasn't available as an in-store pickup uh, at San Rafael for me, but it was going to arrive in two business days. And I was like, wait, does Best Buy do like Prime now? So I, I did that. But it got shipped from a local Best Buy store, so it got shipped from Fairfield. You know, kind of that the 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 the, uh, the FedEx, like just like mystery box city, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was, like so Best Buy, like they've they've gotten better at fulfilling out out of local stores. Their in store pickup service for me has been very reliable. Like I've had a few instances where i've been like oh yeah there's been a hard drive that's died in my synology and i was able to get it in two hours from a local store um and yeah their their pricing for the past few years has been not bad so like in terms of like how you think a brick and mortar electronics retailer can survive in the amazon era like i feel like best buy has actually done pretty pretty darn well so i mean like for for to circle back to the best buy beta thing like my my trepidation or, or my the, the reason why i glaze over this is that just like the unlimited tech support part doesn't speak to me at all and i feel like that's probably the biggest benefit just because like doesn't everything on bestbuy.com have free shipping for the most part unless it's like under 50 dollars so i feel like this, yeah, this not, feels like mostly only, like a service contract kind of not only f- uh free shipping but i've actually had not, I mean, not not to one up your experience, but I, I've actually ordered a couple of things from them over the last handful of months where I've gotten it next day. Yeah, I mean, like free, yeah, free shipping next day. Well, because and that's the thing for the, from them, like as a logistics perspective, like it got shipped to me as UPS grounds. I mean, that's fairly inexpensive for them, but because it's shipping from a place that's so darn close, like that's basically the same as Amazon one day. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Like I'm, I, I'm happy that Best Buy is experimenting, and oh, I like. Um, I think we all have a soft spot for Best Buy for the most part, just because you know you, it's just yeah, you, know, you, you, you like as you slowly aspire to be a berry, maybe. I mean, who 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 knows what we're all doing with our lives? <laughs> Definitely don't want to be a buzz. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Three people in the country will get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. What else we got? So I I've got um one topic and then let, let's get to the Apple events. Stuff. Okay. Oh, Logitech. Yeah. Um so they announced that they are discontinuing their Harmony Universal remotes like immediately. Like this is one of those things where it's, you know, 
whatever supply is out there in the channel, as you would say, the, um, <laughs> you know, because I am Tim Cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, that that's all there is. They're 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 ceasing production right away, which um, is is really too bad. Like I, I guess I sort of naively assumed that universal remotes were something that that people would still be interested in but <laughs> i guess with things like you know a lot of tvs now I, I guess really all tvs now and most devices that you connect to tvs being what is it like hdmi cec or something compliant mm -hmm. where you can have inputs just sort of you know automatically switch depending on you know what you turn on um and coupled with the fact that people probably have fewer devices in general connected to their TV because so much is built into TVs now. I guess, you know, all of that sort of has made the demand for universal remotes, you know, just not be worthwhile or not being worth uh, Logitech's time, which is too bad because, you know, I've seen a lot of takes out there, which like almost similar to what we were saying about the HomeKit stuff where, like all universal remotes are bad, but Harmony was like the least bad. Like I, I actually super disagree with that. Like I, I actually good. think the Harmony stuff is really good. And I, I'm actually a huge fan of their, um, the kind of the hub based remotes where you, you have to set that up. Well, I, I guess actually you can technically connect it to your computer, but they, they want you to set it up through your, you know, your phone app. And it's a really, really good experience. So, you know, I, I, I really, really like my, my Harmony remote and it's, it's, it's a bummer that, you know, they're not going to be making any, any new models going forward. Are you going to do what I've been considering, which is kind of like a John Syracuse cheese grater thing and have like a second one in the closet in case this one ever dies? I, yeah, I have thought about that, but like if, if you, know, you I, come I, across a like, steel, let me know. Yeah, I mean, I have two Harmony remotes in the house now. We've got one connected to the family room TV and the other to the living room TV. And I, I like both of those remotes. So I, I guess if one of them were to crap out, I would just swap in the other one and then, you know, figure out something for the other TV. But um, yeah, I guess I am also tempted just to buy another one if I can find one cheap, but but we'll see. Yeah, like if you if you find like another great british bake-off deal like, yeah that's right let me know yeah i mean this kind of sucks just because like i mean the harmony remotes like it's it's never been the remotes are good like i've owned the harmony uh i had the harmony 880 and then i had the uh what was the other one called because like the, and that's the part where the, i've had these forever maybe that's why they've gone away is they um they're so old I had the Harmony One, maybe, which I think was the highest end one available in like 2010. God, it's been a long time. Um, and yeah, and then and then you got me back on the Harmony bandwagon because I think I remember I tried the. It's called like the Harmony Home Hub, but I bought the one where I kind of cheaped out and it didn't come with like the remote. Like it came with like a very stripped down remote that didn't have like the little touchscreen dealy on it. And I was very unhappy with it. But then you kind of egged me on to get the nice one. And it's like, it's not great, but it's good. Like, I mean, I, I like something like 
because I really like that you can customize it where like, Hey, if like, if my sound bar is not on the right input, like I have that little touchscreen where I can just, I can designate that the switch it to the optical arc. I, I don't, I don't know nothing about TVs. Like I don't know what those things are, but something like this, I have a one button push to like, Hey, is the TV on the wrong input? Is the sound bar still trying to connect to something on Bluetooth or is it playing Spotify for some, some unknown reason? And you can make it do the right thing. And and the the hub thing is cool, and I like that it kind of has limited ability to connect to a smart home. Like, like I don't, I guess I don't know like what's going to fill the gap here because like there's it's not that people don't have TVs anymore. I, like I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's an old person thing. Maybe maybe nobody like everybody all like millennials and Gen Z people all love the Roku remote and think everything's great. I I don't I don't know. Well, but see, yeah, I mean, and maybe this is just a nerd thing, but even with our living room TV where it's a Roku TV and literally the one and only thing that's connected to it is our TiVo Mini, I still have a Harmony remote for that because who wants to otherwise, remotes? yeah, otherwise you're juggling two remotes and that's, that's no good. And neither of them are good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, well, no, no, I, no I offense, know. but I feel they're like, I feel okay. like TCL probably isn't putting up, they're not spending a, a like a whole lot of R&D time on a remote. The peanut uh, remote is iconic, but it's it's it's. Let me Google. It's okay. Let me Google TCL remote. I mean, it's really minimalist, you know. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, I I just Google TCL remote, and this thing looks like a Wiimote, and it's got a button for RDO on it. Wait, I just, <laughs> I just went to I just went to images.google.com and typed in. Uh, well, no, I I googled a more recent one, and there's four branded buttons that I'm sure they auctioned off the. Yeah. it says netflix sling hulu and now yeah well is, it's is that the one I think you like, no i think ours has disney plus on it maybe i think it's like so, netflix hulu disney plus and something else so does it have no number buttons no Mm-mm. yeah i don't love this the the night nice, i think the the best part of the design is um the volume buttons are on the side i like that yeah I've been to people's houses who have had this type of TV and I, I know I don't, it's probably because I just, I don't know how to use it, but I always get so mad using a Roku TV because I never, excuse me, I just never understand what the fuck the star button does. Mm, yeah. Like, cause I'm always like, I kind of want to go back, but there's the thing where it's got a back button, a re like a circle, like undo, like it looks like the Recology <laughs> right. logo. And then it's got a fucking asterisk on it. Like none of these buttons mean, like I know what the house means. I don't know what anything else means. Right. So yeah. I do not like this remote, mm-hmm. but I do like the color purple. So it gets half credit. <laughs> Again, the gentleman's C plus. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Logitech. It's a bummer. I don't know what the product like. So in this Tech Hive article, I've never seen this little like this glowy thing that looks kind of like a like an Oculus or like or like so, like like one of those little um one of the things like is it the PlayStation VR? What's the thing where you got the little like the the nunchuck thingies? Am I making stuff up? I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah, like I, I want this glowing blue thing. I don't, I don't even know what this product is. I think they made they made a, a Harmony remote. I don't know if it was like an Amazon tie-in or if it was their own voice assistant, but it was like a oh, voice it had Alexa built first remote. Yeah, I think that's what this thing is. Okay, well, you could go do me a favor, go set up a slick deal alert, and then if you find something. And it's under one hundred and sixty three dollars. That's that's my threshold. I will <laughs> do do a Syracuse of cheese grater thing. I should probably do that with some of those Oxo cutting boards too. Mm. They better not discontinue that. 
Um, all right. And actually, before we get to the Apple stuff, a couple of quick uh, EV things. I, I would let, let's save that stuff. I think that's <sighs> okay. That, that's that's kind of a longer okay. a longer conversation. I think. Just just remember, and we'll, we'll give people a teaser on this that the Ford thing has, I think, objectively an amazing name. People go and read about that. Yeah, it's a good well, name. That, that's a that's a tease. Uh huh. All right, what we got? We got the spring loaded events, which this is our last episode before that event, which is on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So this is your your last chance to get in any of your last minute predictions, any of your your pre event hot takes. I predict they will be in short supply. <laughs> So what do you what do you think we're gonna see here? I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't like iPads. We've we've covered this, but I mean I don't care Except because you own you own two of them. Well, yeah, because I I own, oh wait do you own one now? No, I've, I own I two. Forget. I own two of the least bad ones, which are the iPad Air. So <laughs> a few things with this. So one, you can give me more details about the rumors because again, like because I don't like the iPad, I don't pay attention to them. But my understanding is. The interesting part of this new revision will be that there's what's called mini LED screen technology, but it's only going to be in the 13-inch one. So therefore, this is a complete non-story for me. Or I feel like everybody? Like, the iPad Pro came out in 2018. There, or, yeah, 2018, 2019. When did the Pro come out? 20 well the, because a year ago this, there was a very much version, a non-update yeah that came out like march 2020 but nothing was new about it they added lidar to i kind of wish the ipad didn't even have a camera like i feel i feel like it, there shouldn't be a back camera on ipads like they need to move the i the the front-facing camera into a spot where it doesn't look like you're not paying attention in a meeting but yeah i think the i think the current version was was 2018 yeah but nothing's changed about it and with this one like i guess like what is changing like so like because currently the ipad air is faster than the ipad pro except for some very specific graphics tasks and the new thing about the new one is that it's going to have uh and again correct me if i'm wrong in only in the 13 inch fancier screen technology and it'll probably have like an a14z or x or, or something to make it higher end than the ipad air but i guess like i i i i i, I don't know what the, what's exciting about this yeah i mean it's kind of the the big question is like even like so when these when these ipad pros came out a couple of years ago their hardware was so far ahead of what ipad os was capable of that you know, over the last couple of years, there really hasn't been any complaints from a hardware perspective. Like nobody's sitting here complaining about the iPads being too slow or, you know, the screens not being high enough quality, like almost with any other Apple product or technology product for that matter, after two, three years go by, you're, you know, you're kind of clamoring for a replacement because, you know, the hardware is starting to, to show its age. And that's that's still not the case with these these iPads. I mean, I think, and as we've discussed at length on this show, what, you know, continues to really hold back the iPad and, and limit 
what it can be used for is is the software and how little progress Apple's made with iterating on iPad OS. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you where you know if the story is is improved hardware, like I'm not really sure what would be improved about the hardware that would you know get me excited. Like there's been some rumors of them switching to Thunderbolt as the connector. And even something like that, you know, mm. makes me think of the way Oof. that they handled USB-C, which was, you know, they added the port, but then software-wise, well, yeah. it Are... didn't really do anything initially. And they've, you know, they've slowly rolled out additional functionality over time. But Are they... if they were to do something similar with Thunderbolt, I assume, you know, it'd be kind of the same thing, you know, all over again. Yeah, like does Thunderbolt somehow come with a way to not make the files app garbage? Like, I... Like, right. I We've covered like the struggle of kind of how like uh, the iPad as, as a work device, I think both of us kind of don't really believe it. And we've kind of also been secretly, or at least me, oh, sorry, I'll just speak for me, been kind of very uh, happy that Mike has fallen off the iPad bandwagon now that he's traveling a little bit less and, and understands the the appeal of, of just regular old OS ten. But I'm like, like yeah, the, like the, okay, so it has Thunderbolt. Well, sorry, in the other rumor, vaguely, and this is not an iPad Pro thing, it's more of a iPad OS thing, is like you, you've you read or heard about the stuff about, like, there's going to be more robust external display support. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing, which is, I think what would start to get interesting about the iPad is if the multitasking system were completely rethought and specifically rethought in a way that would allow for better external monitor support. I mean, today you can connect an iPad to a monitor and, and you know, simply just mirror your display. And that, I mean, that's, I'm sure there's a use case for that somewhere, but that's not particularly useful. But if, you know, you can plug in an iPad to a display and have that display you know, extend the device similar to, you know, how when you plug in a, a Mac to a display, you can, you know, extend your um, workspace across the external display and the device's internal display and use both at the same time and drag windows back and forth, etc. Like if they, if they do something like that, that gets really interesting, can, but can, that's really a software thing. But, not but, a hardware but thing. you said windows. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of using that as a placeholder because well, but but, you know. but you're, you're you're absolutely right because that's what Apple's been entirely resistant of doing is that here's one of the things that like I, that that is kind of frustrating. W- Windows, not not like Microsoft like trademark Windows, but like Windows like the way computers work are good. And the big hiccup with the iPad is that multitasking has always been one super is opaque the word when something's difficult to understand or difficult to see. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> okay, so it's super opaque and it's it's just also super difficult. Like I, every time I want to do multitasking on my iPad, I always have to go on my Mac and Google how to do it instead mm-hmm. of just using my iPad because I don't know how to do anything on the iPad other than somehow sometimes make messages and Slack appear kind of like an iPhone that's stuck on the screen. And if they do anything related to uh, like second screen support or like connecting an external monitor, like. That's not that useful if you're still stuck with full screen apps. And I know Apple, like they just 
don't want to, and they philosophically see that the iPad needs to be kind of like a full screen or split screen experience. But like for the iPad to be a more robust computing device and for it to actually fulfill that like vague promise of productivity device is it, it needs windows or a way to run two, three or five applications at once and be able to switch between it in a way that's comprehensible to like a regular human being. And that's the part that I feel like they're never going to do. So I don't like the fact that they're under adding Thunderbolt, which will allow me to connect my camera and not really know where the files go. And somehow like it'll go to iCloud drive and I don't know how to push it into Lightroom. And sometimes I'll go into Lightroom and then I'll go back to files and the app is exited and it doesn't remember where I am. And I'm worried about data loss. Like it's not a good experience right now. So I don't understand how having slightly like having faster throughput and being able to plug like an external display into this fixes all of that. So that's where kind of like I like I've made my peace with at your urging. Like you you egged me on to get the Magic Keyboard, which is good. Like like it's a really good product, but that combined with thinking of the iPad as a very mediocre productivity device. And a good consumption device that like happens to be like a pretty decent kitchen computer or let's do email on the couch type thing. Like the iPad's great for that, but I like I I don't see where Apple's gonna somehow make a more expensive iPad Pro and that's somehow gonna fix everything when the software's not really there. You know what I think is really sort of interesting too about the rumors around better external display support and and with that kind of a rethinking of multitasking and potentially having that bring, you know, the ability to have multiple apps open at once or more quickly switch between apps, et cetera, is one of the things that you hear from iPad fans. And I think this is even something you would sort of connect with, which is it's it's more of a distraction-free type of experience because you have a single app which takes up the entire screen. It's It's not quite as easy to get distracted as you know maybe being on like a mac or your phone would be and i feel like if if there is a rethinking of multitasking to make that in some ways more like a mac experience it's it's almost like that would be kind of a step back in some ways for some people who are into the ipad it's kind of it's kind of complicated Maybe okay. So so like that's actually a really good thing. Good thing to bring up. But I would say that's a big maybe. Where I feel like have you ever have you set up a new iPad recently or a new phone? No, I <laughs> no, I've been been rolling um, forward iCloud backups for for a while. So whenever you set up a new iOS device, a lot of times it'll like the onboarding. There's a there's a lot of questions. In it. Like I, I like it, there's there's probably like. I think like 16 screens of like shit you need to agree to now where a lot of times I forget if this is in the pro max or if this is on the iPad, but it asks you like, Hey, do you want this in standard or zoomed mode? Like, I feel like it'd be very easily suggested where they say, Hey, do you want this in single app mode? Or do you want this in windowed mode where you can be like, Hey, if you're somebody who just wants one app at a time, you can still totally do that. And if you want something where you have like windows or a thing where you can layer things or you don't have to go because I feel like the iPad has never shaken the, the big, the big iPhone 
reputation. And and like and I know a lot of in a lot of ways that's unjust like that's unfair and unjustified. But in a lot of ways, like when you go to the home screen of an iPad and you just like it a lot of times it feels like you're just using a big iPhone. And there are some things about it that are are a rich user interface. And again with with the iPad with the magic keyboard I have taken to liking it way more and being able to use it more um, as a productivity device because it has um, like pointer input. But in a lot of ways, it still feels like a big iPhone. So that like that's where having something that makes multitasking usable for anybody who like I, I feel like the multitasking only works for somebody who is like. Like like a Jason Snell type where they're they're a writer where they can have like a web browser open and they can have their document open because for the most part that's what they need like they they need to be able to write and they need to be able to look stuff up or like aggregate links but if you're somebody who is trying to like deal with multiple files and you're jumping out of Lightroom and then you're going into your web browser and then you're going into Notes and then you might have like an Excel sheet for or like an Airtable thing in the background. Like that's something that is currently just absolutely maddening, if not impossible to do on an iPad. And that's the thing where I don't know, like that's that's not a hardware thing. That's more of a like I maybe I don't know. Like either somehow Apple needs to find a creative marketing way to say, hey, if you want to do that stuff, you need a Mac, or they need to find a way to say the iPad's not good for that. I don't know. But anyway, that, that I, I so that it, that is the brunt of what's going to be expected at the spring loaded event but what are kind of the ancillary or the the sidecar things uh well there's there's yeah i mean there's just the never ending rumors around air tags which the excitement around that product reminds me a lot of the um the fascination around air power which is it it's it's an accessory why why are people so excited about it um you know there's there's been some rumors kicking around about you know those new new airpods but Ming-Chi Kuo seemed to think that was the second half of 2021 thing so it's kind of it's kind of unclear outside of the iPads you know what what else this this event will be um I mean, Apple usually does a like a spring refresh of Apple Watch bands and things like that, but I, I don't know if that is going to be worthy of being a part of the event. Um, you know, there's there's been the off and on rumors about um, new iMacs, but it seems like the rumors around that those have kind of quieted down to the point where it, it seems less likely they'd be at this event, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause it sounds like most rumors were that if there was going to be an iMac, like the first one to get redesigned was going to be a narrower bezel version of like the 21 inch where like the, the product line might shift from being 21 and 27 to being like, 23 or 24 and like 30 but it but all rumors seem to point to the um the one that most people are going to be kind of excited about like the the high performance model the 27 or the 30 inch is going to be a much later summer or fall type thing so so that i i don't know if there's going to be any max stuff because it kind of like there hasn't really been any um ming chi kuo like uh news on the 14 inch macbook pro front 
which is supposed to be probably the next in line Mac. So yeah, like uh, they're just gonna talk about the iPad Pro and the AirTags. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. The one thing that's interesting, so the, uh, so the, well, for all the hubbub about AirTags, the thing that I do think is interesting, and this is something that you're familiar with, Tile, right? Yes. Yeah. So Tile has this thing where they your phone can be on the lookout for other tiles. And even though tiles themselves do not have cellular connectivity in them, you can use, like in theory, and this is crippled by the fact that iOS doesn't allow tile, like much battery or much like foreground conscious thought on like the multitasking model, but that you can use a bunch of Bluetooth accessories to kind of have like a global like finder, like tracker network thingy. Where if you lose your keys and you lose it at the at the Walgreens in Sausalito or something, somebody walks by, their Bluetooth and Tile app find it, and you can do that. So the thing with AirTags that's interesting is that he, the whole... Do you know the name? What's the name of the thing that they released this week? Well, like they had a small number of partners. Like they have some Swedish bike company, which has a funny name called Van Moof, which is... Uh, it always makes me smile. And then apparently Belkin is doing something, but there's some platform that they introduced of like findable things in the Apple ecosystem. Do you remember what that was called? I'm trying to look it up on tech meme. The, the fact that you talk about the third party, like find my program that they, is that just what it's called? I think so. Okay. Yeah. See the, the find my thing. <laughs> okay, that's probably the technical name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, but like find my as a platform is neat because I, I like I like because yeah like a couple of years ago they they merged find my iPhone and find my friends into a single thing and eventually there's going to be a third uh, pole of the tent as you would say and they're going to have find my stuff so they've made it so that you can and and uh, I think this is one of the six color secret podcast where they kind of mentioned that a lot of this seems like it's maybe part of it is anti regulatory scrutiny pressure where they'd be like oh yeah we're to- we're totally open to third parties but. Other people can make stuff that fits into that ecosystem where it's expanding on an idea that Tile already had, and it's built in at the operating system level where if you like have like a dog tracker or you have a thing where like uh, your Roomba, I, I, what, I was, some, some stuff, if anybody who has an iOS thing turned on that opts into the like anonymized location tracking thing, like they can find your stuff. Like that seems really interesting. The the actual like first party air tags, I mean like at this point who cares? Like if Apple said tomorrow they they have made air power work, like would anybody actually care? I think we're all kind of over that. But find my as a platform is actually kind of interesting. So I guess like if they they spend like two thirds of the event talking about the iPad and the last third about like iOS as like this like not humanitarian effort but like as this like decentralized effort to allow people to never lose stuff and they're just like and we have all these partners and you know what apple we feel like we make good stuff too so we all we also made our own thing but like i don't I don't think they can be like hey air tags are amazing and like this is the like this is the ipod hi-fi like this is this is the second coming of all consumer electronics but i do find the find my platform interesting but yeah i don't know what else is going to be there because did we have we talked about a previous show? Like, what's what's the status on new AirPods? 
did that. Well, that's why did, I, that's what I was saying. I was saying a little earlier. Oh, yeah. that it's 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 you know seemed like it was going to be a first half of the year that, thing. Oh, that got kicked down the road. Quo. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm very adamant that you know if if it doesn't leak out ahead of time, we're not going to hear about it. So. It it does kind of seem like this is just an an, an iPad event and and maybe Air Tags because I I don't think there's been anything else rumor wise that suggests it's going to be announced at this event. So yeah. Um, and then related to this, actually, I think there were two there were two other Apple related rumors. So do you want to take the one where they're making basically like a Sonos Play Bar? That happens to be an Apple TV, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a very loose rumor, but th- well, this this story, I I don't know. I mean, Mark Gurman does a lot of good work. I thought this story was was kind of weak. Where, I mean, literally the very first sentence of this Bloomberg article is Apple has been a laggard in the home. Sp- the smart home space, but a versatile new device in early development could change that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which, like, talking about an early development Apple product, just, I don't know. That's just not, not interesting to that, me. That's business speak for, but who even knows anymore? Like, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's, there's even, like, more explicit hedging further down in here yeah development of both apple products so there there's a new apple tv box and then also this like smart speaker thing development of both apple products is still in the early stages and the company could decide to launch neither or change key features the company often works on new concepts and devices without ultimately shipping them so like so like what am I even reading this story for? Mm. And I guess I mean also like the other big takeaway from this I think is like I don't I'm not going to suggest here that smart home stuff is super mature and great and you know there's no room for Apple to to get in the mix like I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. But at the same time like there is a lot of smart home stuff that's out there and you know people are interest who are interested in that stuff for using it so like you know if this stuff is another like year or two away like you know i just it seems seems real late to me yeah yeah I mean, like, because this is gonna be this is a thing for another week. But I, I don't think we ever formally talked about what should happen with the Apple TV. But I mean, I kind of like there has to be something where either they have to drop the price of the what what it currently is, or it has to be something else. And that's where this rumor kind of fits in, but also not really, just because like I'm, I'm there's this autoplay video on this Bloomberg article where uh, Kermit has a very nice house, but um. It says a device may also include camera for video conferencing. So, like, somehow this is like a Facebook portal as well. Like, I mean, it can't be everything. I don't know. Um, and allegedly, but, there's gonna be allegedly gonna be an uh, HomePod that's got an iPad strapped to it. Like, there's there's a whole like I feel like the Apple rumor is kind of like in silly season right now. A little bit. I mean, I I guess to maybe like spin this in a little bit of a positive way. Like, I, I would I would love for Apple to 
kind of completely rethink their their smart home strategy and and come out with some some compelling smart home stuff like that that would be really neat it's just like i was saying earlier that stuff is still like a couple years out or something it's like man like that's just and i i mean apple's never first to market with anything like i get that but it it just i it just seems it just seems slow yeah i i I don't think apple gets to use that argument anymore like it's like because like that was always a thing of like apple's apple's never first but they're always the best i don't think they're gonna be the best at this i don't like i don't think they have it in their dna because like one of the reasons Amazon has done so well with the smart home stuff, even though like, cause like the echo show that the echo show eight that is right next to my iMac has been broken for four weeks and I'm just too lazy to call Amazon because you can't use email support. Like this, the screen will just stop doing anything unless you say Alexa to it. No, stop Alexa. Stop. Um, <laughs> it is, it's just black all the time and I've already hard reset it and it doesn't work, but most people, even if Apple somehow had their, like, I can't think of a better reason, but like a better, better phrase, but like their come to Jesus moment on this and, and figured out like, hey, we have to care about the smart home. You know what? We're making, we're making Eros. We are making, we're putting our whole ass into making a, um, an Echo like device and we're making an Apple TV. We're making one cheap Apple TV and we're making a Sonos Arc Apple TV. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Like, I I with with Google and Amazon and Roku and all these other people that are willing to sell stuff that's good enough for so cheap. I don't think they get to have squandered the lead that much and then somehow pretend that it they're the best now and it's kind of expensive, but they're the best. Like I think they've had too many false starts, and even though the home, the smart home stuff is still maybe in the early days it's mature enough where i don't think apple gets to pretend that they've cracked it i don't know because they're not going to price it aggressively enough to uh to to get it to work like the home pod mini i guess was kind of a good step at a hundred dollars but series still garbage oh all right you got anything else i think that's it for me all right what do well okay so this one's not gonna be a chef special but let me right this this eases us into chef special so i sent you a link or i sent you a picture what was the product name okay so we're all we're all about frozen foods and new new things so i sent you a link to or a, a picture of uh that is something i found at target which is called kind frozen bars mm-hmm. so you're 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 familiar with the kind bars I've, this this household is very familiar with them yes uh, what is your household's opinion on uh, Cliff Bars? Not, not a big fan. Yeah, so Cliff <laughs> Cliff Bars, the pride of Emeryville, California. Or sorry, second pride. Uh, it goes Pixar, uh, Cliff Bars, and then IKEA. But uh, yeah, Cliff Bars are the regular ones are super gross. They do have some other ones that are fairly good, but the the like the um, like more accomplished cousin of, of Cliff Bars is Kind Bars, and the best flavor uh, is definitely dark chocolate and peanut butter, and there's also a uh, dark chocolate sea salt and almonds. That one's also very good. Do you have any other faves? Um, I'm trying to think of the one that um, the um, the lady friend gets frequently. Um, 
Uh, you'll have to continue with your thing. I'll, I'll okay. try to find what this flavor is. So yeah, the Cliff, Cliff uh, sorry, uh, Kind Bars are very good. And they're also, they're just the right size. Like the, the Cliff Bars are basically, it feels like just like a, a machine, like just extra, extracted this thing that's like the size of like a, a small stone. And it's just, just, it feels like earthquake kit food. But like Kind Bars are good. And they're just the right size. But so when I was passing through and I was doing my, as we discussed earlier, I was doing my grocery shopping and I was trying to remember everything on my list without having to pull up OmniFocus first. And on one of the end caps, they had this new thing called Kind Frozen. And I didn't know what it was. And I was worried. I was like, is this basically just like Kind Bars that are meant to be stored in the freezer or what is this? So the retail price on this was $6.99. It comes with five bars. And these are basically ice cream of like candy ice cream. Like, sorry, the whole, like the kind thing, like I frequently buy kind bars and I frequently buy kind granola. And there's always like, yes, they're basically candy bars that somehow like market themselves as being like, like uh quality energy food or, or whatever nonsense. Or you should go, you, 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 know, you buy yourself a multi-pack of kind bars and you're, you're ready to go run a marathon and you're going to go to REI and you're going to go hike up mount tam four times and it's everything's be great but these kind bars it's 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 candy bar that's frozen but they're great they're really good so this so this is probably a number two in terms of my uh freezer desserts right now so um the coffee ice cream brownie Mm. crunch ice cream sandwich thingies from uh trader joe's are still number one but yeah these are really good, man. Like they're they are absolutely worth buying and trying. They're very they're very soft. I don't I can't think of a better way to phrase it, but they're like you know how for like since you get an ice cream sandwich or a thing where it's it's just very it's very hard to eat or it's just very like you either have to like let it sit out for twenty minutes. But like these are it's like a do you know what a Mister Good Bar is? No, I don't think so. It's it, like it's a it's a good ice cream. Uh, wait, did I make that up, Mister Good Bar? Yeah, it yeah very it tastes very much like that, which is which is an acclaimed Halloween candy. But yeah, like because uh, kind bars are kind of like not tough, but like they're you know it's it's like it's it's a very dry snack. These have like the perfect consistency, but it is it is entirely a a frozen candy bar. But I I, I yeah these are great. I'm not making a very coherent statement, but these are absolutely delicious. So we're we're a the, the quick real time follow up here. We're a big. Um, they have like this healthy grains line of bars. Okay, and and we're we're big into the the oats and honey one. Healthy grains, oats, honey, kind. Um, I think I think these are the ones. Yeah, with toasted coconut. Oh. You don't really get much of a coconut flavor from these, though. Oh dear, it's more of just like a texture thing. Made with five super grains. Okay, I'm interested. Is this like the mini LED of of grains? Okay, <laughs> including oats, buckwheat, millet, amaranth, and quinoa. Well, if there's no couscous, I'm out. All right. <laughs> okay, this looks good. Um, are they? Hmm. This looks really big, or is it really? Or is it? it or is this like a rice krispie kind of? They're really they're they're pretty thin. So I guess maybe they're. Oh, it's kind of like a Weetabix. What'd you call me? You know what a Weetabix is, right? No. W e e t a b i x. It's an Australian and uh, UK 
cereal food where it's basically just like a rice crispy you throw in milk and it's like cereal but you only eat three of them at a time <laughs> it's very it's very british in the sense of it doesn't taste good and you just suffer through it it's kind of like tea <laughs> no, nice okay uh yeah when's, when's ted lasso season two well why why did why did kara swisher not not lead with that hard-hitting story yeah good good point all right chef so everybody go buy these they're delicious you can find them at your local target at the end cap uh what do you have for chef special i got a nerdy one for you this week I'll send this to you in the thing nerdier than clicky keyboards all right mm-hmm wear stogies <laughs> wait i don't have my glasses on wait oh these are glasses <laughs> ironically yeah um Stoggles. not stogies Stoggles. Stoggies. <laughs> with with all the mask wearing i don't wear my glasses as much as i need to and yeah notification center is a little bit small these days oh man it's pretty good um yeah no, stoggles so so these so i actually so I, I bought these originally because, you know, I, I do home improvement stuff around the house here and there. And a lot of times it's like stuff where like I, I probably should be wearing some kind of, you know, eye protection. Well, that's what I originally bought these for. But the other thing that they've they've come in handy for, which they actually kind of have pivoted to make their big marketing thing is... um you know, like eye protection is is sort of a, a good thing to think about when you're out and about in the world. Like it's good to have something where, you know, you discourage yourself from like touching yourself in the eyes or something. So, you know, if when I've been shopping or whatever, I, I'll throw these on. Um, and it's, you know, may, maybe a little bit of a placebo kind of effect in terms of like any kind of extra protection I'm actually getting from, you know, airborne droplets or whatever but um I, I i like these things they're they're really they're comfortable um they come in a lot of nice colors they come in a couple different styles they've got a version which is the one that i have where they do the thing where if you're outside the lens kind of darken a bit so that they sort of act like sunglasses um they're really nice interesting i did you <laughs> did you get these in one of like the because like the color choices are very um like elton johnny yeah like which mm -hmm. which which color are you are you just wearing like the one that's either clear or like gray yeah i have the charcoal, the charcoal one yeah yeah i feel like yeah like the the coral red and the blue are very very elton john yeah, I do. Yeah. I do like that they have the 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 DTC style. Oh, these used these should be sixty five at retail, but they're only thirty nine dollars. <laughs> um, oh, did you get the sports strap? I did not get the sports strap. So I have the um, I guess this. I have the I have the square shape lenses in charcoal with the the light responsive feature. Um, like I was just doing a project this weekend where I was, I was power washing some stuff in, in the backyard. We've been kind of <gasps> getting that ready for <gasps> summer. Do we go? Okay. St step back. So mm -hmm. do you have an actual power washer or do you just have the thing that goes in the hose that kind of, no, the, the lady, the lady friend's dad has an actual power <gasps> washer. 
Do, yeah, okay. It's, it's, can it, can it's I? Great. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Um, there are a lot of good subreddits, and I and this one's kind of kind of weird, but it, and it's and it is definitely safe for work. But there's a subreddit called Power Washing Porn, and <laughs> it is just people like cleaning their deck or like their yeah. front, like, and it's so it's so cathartic and fun. It's so yeah. So Reddit uh, old dot uh, Reddit slash r slash Power Washing Porn, and it's uh, again building a little free library and being able to have a power washer are the like the back of mind dreams of having a house <laughs> um, uh, yeah it was, it, was, it was my first time using one um they're loud and, and powerful it the, yeah there it's a little intimidating at first because i mean if you know that the the water that comes out of it like if you were to you know catch yourself on the foot or something oh, it'll like, hurt you it's it's not good um so so that i mean that was the context i was using these the stoggles for this weekend is because i mean you know water's kind of splashing everywhere and stuff mm-hmm. so having so having some eye protection was was a good idea um so, so i guess the follow-up question is that do you have household chore pants like do you, do you have clothes where I, you're like i'm gonna get dirty and i'm just i'm just I, doing I, house I, stuff i do yeah i do interesting hmm. yeah i mean it's usually usually what ends up kind of falling into that rotation is just like old bathing suits and stuff oh, i was gonna say like old podcast shirts <laughs> yeah. you're wearing your daring fireball shirt uh that, that that's a sleep shirt now yeah <clears throat> oh okay i think we've talked about the sleep shirt phenomenon anyway <laughs> so yeah i mean these toggles yeah they're you know they're, they're they're versatile which is cool like i kind of you know bought them for one purpose you know that being doing stuff around the house and then you know now kind of wearing them because i don't wear like eyeglasses or anything mm-hmm. so you're wearing them out and about in the world and, and getting that little bit of extra protection by you know having my eyes covered um you know it's 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 been nice yeah 40 bucks worth worth, worth a shot yeah and i um i had i had got them when they were still like an indiegogo thing so um i think i got them for maybe a little less than what they sell for now but mm. but e- even still they're they're not they're not terribly expensive for what they are can i ask were the, when they were marketed as an indiegogo thing were they marketed as like kind of like a covid related solution or were I they i think i think they yeah I, I think they they were mentioning that at that time too yeah got it um and i i actually when i was just looking them up for the show tonight they ha- they have a feature which i was not aware of which is they they have like the whole blue light thing that's that's um, junk science though yeah yeah but i don't know i might i might give them a try in that context because they're they're comfortable to wear so mm. okay all right my pick is going to be and i just posted a link to an old slack or to i don't i don't know how to link to stuff in slack but i think this may have worked so when i sent the picture of the kind frozen thing uh, i might have buried the lead so as a uh, an expert and uh, Trader Joe's fluencer, uh, there is a very good product that I've discovered from Trader Joe's, which, and I understand this is going to paint me. I, I'm not somebody who likes. Oh, oh dear. So I'm not somebody who likes <laughs> mac. What did? Are you judging my hash browns? Or are you judging what I'm about to talk about? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I do not like. I, I do not like macaroni and cheese. I think. Um, 
craft mac and cheese which in canada is called kd which i always find funny because whenever i hear i was saying a kevin durant whenever a, a, <laughs> a canadian podcast is talking about craft dinner because it's it's because it's big up there and they they like putting uh ketchup in it and that's kind of all right canada but i don't like mac and cheese at all ever and most mac and cheese i always hate the only mac and cheese i've ever liked is you've been to homeroom in oakland right no i don't think so oh well, okay well so when the pandemic's over, people can go Google Homeroom Oakland and it's um kind of like it's like a uh like you know, like a like an elementary school <laughs> themed restaurant where they make like fancy, like hipster, artisanal, like Ooh. mac and cheese. It's delicious. Oh man, how have I not taken you there? Like because you you worked Cause we just we just always go to Pico. <laughs> well, no, but like I feel like because this place has been open since like 2014. And I feel like I mean, back when you worked in Oakland, this would have been a place I would have tried to drag you to. But no, it's the best. Oh. And um, like, I mean, and, and to go to like uh, head off all the haters, like, yes, it's hipster $16 mac and cheese, like whatever. But it's delicious. And it's real. It's like it's really good. And you can get like it's it's great. So when the pandemic's over uh should try it also if you're ever in oakland they also have a like a satellite restaurant called homeroom to go where you can do like app-based ordering and you can just get it to go so if you're ever in the east bay you have to make a pit stop at em- uh, at ikea again as we ranked it the third pride of emeryville yeah homeroom to go is great but yeah so hmm. i i don't like mac and cheese but i do like fancy mac and cheese so trader joe's has something and again, like, d- please don't at me. I I feel the shame and guilt, and I like I know this is very much like kind of like divorce dad territory, but like I mean, it's a, it's pepperoni pizza mac and cheese bowl. So it's four dollars at Trader mm-hmm. Joe's. Mm-hmm. And no judgments. No, I you know Carlos. So I I judge myself. I'm, ve- I'm very into stuff like this. Like this this is your you're kind of you're you're getting onto my corner here a little bit. Well, no, I don't want because, but because we we haven't talked about the fact that upsettingly you've changed your Slack user icon to be Guy Fieri, I've and been, it's still. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to make a comment on I'm that. Still, you've been because it makes me mad. <laughs> because it's not even <laughs> you've, a you've picture. Been strangely silent about it's that. not a picture of Guy Fieri. It's like kind of like somebody was doing a profile in the New York Times where it's it's like it's not quite like a Wall Street Journal like stipple like portrait. <laughs> Wait, has Guy Fieri ever been featured in the Wall Street Journal where they've done a? Oh, now I gotta, okay, I got to Google. I got to add that to OmniFocus to Google that later. <laughs> but yeah, you have that. And I kind of like, I can't say anything about it because my Slack icon is my little like animated dude, but kind of like it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, again, I know this is very much like, like single bachelor, like can't cook for himself type food, but it's it's pretty good i've i've tried because again to go back to reddit like the trader joe's subreddit is a very good wholesome place and people are always talking about like oh you they have this new like french onion mac and cheese and i'm like i've tried it it's disgusting oh but there's this new hatch chili mac and cheese it's fro like it's disgusting but this one is is good it's it's not that unhealthy for you like i don't have the nutrition facts really? in front of me yeah like the entire uh, actually, I was going to call it a bowl. It's a tub. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't even get the elegance of like a uh, of a Chipotle's uh, burrito bowl. Like it's 
it's not that bad for you. I think I I multiplied it out because I I I'm I'm real with myself that if I'm getting a thing that you know because you know the nutrition facts always play the game of well let's say it's two servings to make people like buy it because they think it's healthy. Like no, if you eat the entire thing, like and I I think it's probably for like a regular person, like it's like one and a half servings, but they they say it's two. If you eat the entire thing, it's like six hundred calories and it's not that much fat. Like it's it's fine. Okay, it's pretty tasty. Like it's got, yeah, it's basically just like mac and cheese, but instead of like disgusting cheese, it's just like kind of marinara sauce and pepperoni. It's, it's mm. barely food, but it's pretty good. I, I strongly, like, again, like I cannot adequately convey the shame I feel eating it. Like, and, and again, like I, I am like, I, I'm not, I, like I, I, I'm a fancy person sometimes. Like I can make a fucking delicious uh sausage and fennel risotto from scratch i saw, I saw that but on also Instagram. that looked good but also sometimes i will have a cider and uh, a pepperoni pizza mac and cheese full and it's pretty good people should go try it uh, again if you can if you're in the uh, bay area and you want to go drive down to 40th street in webster you can go to homeroom or you can, or you can go to any of the like 28 Bay Area Trader Joe's that we have and pick up this thing and you stick it in the Breville for 35 minutes at 375 and it's pretty good. I promise life is okay. This is not a cry for help. 